0: Praise the Lord. Where's all my kids? Pre-K through fifth grade. It's kids' church time. Oh, praise the Lord. they are excited. Having some amazing things. How many this morning walked in and got a puzzle piece? All right. If you did not get a puzzle piece, please raise your hand. Okay. Ushers, quickly. Quickly, quickly. All right. Just let them. There you go. If you did not get a puzzle piece, please lift your hand. We, I want everyone in the building to have one of these for a little bit later. Amen. 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 God is good amen 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 well if you brought your bibles let's go to the the book of john hey how y'all like my bible listen this is my junior high homemade book cover how many remembers making book covers wasn't that awesome the first day of school all we did in every class was cover the book (laughs) decorated our covers (laughs) well my bible cover was falling apart so miss amy Made me a book cover. Wasn't that sweet of her? See that? That's, that's true love right there. That's it. Whoo, I thought I was being held up. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, I am so thankful for all of you, uh, this morning. Pastor Marcelo, I see John and Elias and some of you guys that got the memo, uh, to wear your blue shirt. We, <laughs> I looked up on the stage and we all our blue. I said, "Well, we were all walking in the spirit today. We were flowing." So we're—we're we're, we're going to be reading today in John chapter eleven, and we're just so honored that you're here to worship with us today. And uh, we miss so many people. Listen, we need you to get on get on the phone, get on the 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 uh, whatever ever how you communicate and. Talk to somebody. Tell somebody. We have a lot of folks out today. Some I know where they're at. Some are on vacation. Some are on the honeymoon. Some just got back from vacation. Got that tan going, that Florida tan. I see it. And uh, looking good. So, but we, we miss you. And so we want you to get the word out of what we're, what's happening Wednesday night. And be sure that you get them here. We're just so excited uh, about what God's going to do. Uh, but we've, we've been talking about, we, this is our third week in our Resurrecting Hope series. And so if you've missed any part of it, go back on Facebook and watch and, and see what God is doing because today we're gonna to talk about, uh, if you would've been here. Can you say that with me? If you would've been here. How many has ever had questions for God? Have you ever asked God questions uh, that you really already knew the answer to? <laughs> questions that you don't have the answer to, that He's probably not going to answer you because you wouldn't understand. And if He did, uh, you probably wouldn't like the answer anyway. But pretty much just because we, our, our minds can't, we don't understand how everything works or what the big picture is. But I'm telling you, God knows. You just have to trust. But all of us come to that point where we need hope in stressful situations. We need hope in hopeless situations. We need hope where there seems to be no hope. But Jesus is our hope. And because He lives... And we started this on Easter Sunday, and because He was raised from the dead, because He lives, we have hope that whatever we're going through, He can work out. He can fix it. He is a God that is not only able, but He's willing. And in some of our greatest challenges that we're faced with, where we seem hopeless, I mean, we know that the power and the presence of God lives in us and He will work through us and He will make a way where there seems to be no way. In the first week, we, we encountered Mary. Mary is pretty hopeless. Mary has come to the tomb uh, to find A dead body. When she doesn't find what she's looking for. She's hopeless. And she's just looking for a dead Jesus. There's still people looking for a dead Jesus. And she was hopeless in her search. Until a resurrected Jesus. Called her by name. And you you saw in that story. Amen. How quickly things can change. She went from hopeless to hopeful. She was the first missionary. Before anyone else was called, Jesus spoke her name and said, Go tell. Before He ever gave us the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, it was Mary, a hopeless woman who loved Jesus, that He appeared to and said, Go tell. She had a new hope, and then her message brought hope to some. But there were some that said, Ah, not gonna believe it till I see it. Listen, there's always gonna be those people around you that when you get hopeful, they're still gonna be hopeless. You cannot let those. Oh, I love this saying. I don't know where I heard it this week. I heard it. Somebody said it. I read it. I don't remember. You can't change the people around you. But you can change the people around you. You can't change the people around you. But you can change the people around you. Stop hanging out with hopeless people. Come on, find some people that have some hope, have some passion, have some desire, amen, that love Jesus. Amen, if you're always hanging, listen, if you hang around with four broke people, you'll be number five. Listen, we, we, she came and she faced the Jesus, she heard and she got new hope. And all of a sudden, in her greatest need, amen, Jesus gave her what she needed. Listen, the gospel's full of stories of interactions with people who were hopeless. And then Jesus showed up. Last week, we talked about having hope even after failure, even after we make mistakes, even after we sin, even after everything falls apart in our life, even though we're disobedient. Here's Peter, denied Christ, and Jesus said, tell my disciples and Peter. And then Peter saw that boat, or I'm sorry, Jesus saw the boat and said, hey, Cast on the other side. And Peter jumped in the water. Swam to Jesus. Jesus gave him opportunity. Last week we talked about it three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He gave him opportunity to overcome his failures. He brought hope back to the hopeless situation. He brought restoration to relationship. He brought power. And what did we say last week? That the uh, the sign of a changed life is a life lived. Peter... What felt like hopeless, he went back to fishing. Nothing wrong with fishing. Somebody told me he probably just wanted to try out his new fishing rod. My son, uh, listen, you know you picked the right wife. When you can buy her a fly fishing rod for her birthday and she's happy. And then he took her to Oklahoma on a fishing trip. And he got out there and taught her all about it. And she's the only one caught a fish. That works. Whatever reason he was out there going back to fishing, it didn't work. Listen, your past is not going to work. What you used to do is not going to work. God has a new plan, a new purpose, a new desire for you. And he restored that. And the proof in the pudding. Anybody see that banana pudding on the Facebook Amy put on there yesterday? When life gives you bananas, make banana pudding. And I had some for lunch. And for snack in the afternoon. And for supper. And before bed. Oh yeah, some good stuff. The proof is in the pudding. What is your life going to be like from here on out? And Peter proved that there's still hope after failure. And he got up and he lived a life. And he changed the world and he saw people saved and healed and delivered and baptized in the Holy Ghost, his life was transformed even though he had a moment in a time of hopelessness. Maybe you're in that time right now where, where, where you feel like, my life has, a, things have not worked out the way that I planned. Things are not going the way they're supposed to. Uh, there's all this stuff that's happened to me. And, and it's beyond my control. They had no control that, that Jesus died. That everything they thought how it was going to be didn't work out. Because God's plans are bigger than your plans. You see, God sees the bigger picture. God has a bigger plan and a, He has got a way to meet you right where you're at. Let's look at John chapter 11. Begin reading in verse number 1. I'm reading out of the New Living. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. That's very key right there. Uh, they, this, Jesus was friends with this family. They were more than just acquaintances. They were more than just people who showed up to hear him preach. He was in their home. He ate with them. They were, they were friends. They had investment in his life and he had investment in theirs. And she said, Your dear friend is sick. But when Jesus heard that he, it was said, that what he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. It happened for the glory of God. So that the Son of God will receive glory from this time. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Listen, we're introduced to this family, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and this this family has been close to Jesus, and they have had a, a great relationship. And, and so Martha sends out this message to Jesus. Your friend, who you love, is sick. Now we expect, don't you expect people, uh, the moment you call them to drop everything they're doing and run to your rescue. And when they don't, we're a little offended, aren't we? Our feelings are a little hurt. We we want people to to, to come to our rescue. And so this is I mean, they're saying, hey, look, we we know you're out there doing signs, wonders, and miracles, and we believe in you, and we know that you can you can we've seen you heal the sick and your friend that you love is sick. Now come fix it. And Jesus this is very key right here, I love that. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was. That's some kind of love, isn't it? You know, we don't always understand the overwhelming love of God. His love works in ways that We can't comprehend. It's because God is looking at the bigger picture. He is looking at the overall plan. We're looking at the moment. We're looking at now. We're looking at the temporary. He is looking at the eternal. We're looking at just one. And He is looking at all. Amen. God has a purpose and a plan. And even though He loved them, He stayed. He stayed because what he was doing, the people that he was ministering to, there were sick people there that needed to be healed. It was important what he was doing, but that wasn't all. It was there was a purpose. He said, "This, this, this is not unto death. This is so the Son of Man. It happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this." Can what you are going through right now can it bring God glory? Are you, when you go through situations and trials and troubles and everything, do we ever look at that? Do we ever go, how can God get glory from what I'm going through? It's very hard to do because we're so self-absorbed and we're so selfish. All we can see is me and my and why. And we can't see how God could get any glory out of what we're going through. He had spent his life ministering and loving and serving. And she just knew that he would come immediately. But when he didn't. His delay. God ever, God ever delayed answered your prayers? You ever thought God should have showed up yesterday? And today it looks hopeless? It went from hopeful to hopeless. He's sick, there's hope. He died, it's hopeless. But can I tell you this morning? Jesus sees the bigger picture. Everybody say that with me Jesus sees the bigger picture. You see, every one of us can recall a situation that when we found ourselves, we needed Jesus to show up. Uh, maybe there was a diagnosis, there was a sickness, we needed a healing, there was a broken relationship that could be restored. Jesus could step in and, and save my family, my career. He could step in and save my marriage. He could step in and, and, and... Everything would change if Jesus would just do what He's supposed to. Just fix it! Jesus, fix it! Fix it! But like Mary and Martha, so many times we find ourselves in need of God showing up, but He's nowhere to be found. He hadn't called. He didn't even email or text or tweet us. And we're like, we're waiting and we're looking, and even though Jesus loved me, He decided to stay where He was for two more days. Thanks, Jesus. The truth is that that our timing is not God's timing. God's ways, not your ways. God's plans are not your plans. And that's why we've got to come to the same exact place that Jesus came to in the garden where he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know what's happening in this situation. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this is happening. But you know what? If you can get any glory out of it, if you can do anything, I trust you and I put it in your hands. But man, that's hard to do in the moment. It was hard for them to do. See, every, 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 every prayer we pray is answered. They're just not all yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not right now. Have you ever been praying for something and you thought you so desperately that's what you wanted and you didn't get it? And then after a little while, you changed your mind? And then you're like, oh Lord, thank you. Thank you. You didn't answer that prayer because now I got something better. <laughs> Have you ever met an ex? So get in trouble now. You ever met somebody you dated or went out with or liked? You see them years later and you're like Garth Brooks? Thank God for unanswered prayers. You're like, woo, thank you, Lord. I thought she was the one, but ooh, turned out to be the devil. Listen, did, listen can I tell you something? The Lord's trying to spare you. He did, he did, he's not answering your prayers. He's not giving you everything you want because what you want, you don't even know that you don't really need it. Until later, you look back and go, oh, thank you, Jesus. God is good. We can't see the bigger picture. But you know what? It's like this puzzle piece. You see, this morning, every one of you have one of these. But putting this puzzle together without the box... It's almost impossible. Because we don't have a picture of what this is. I mean, I've got some red and some gray. They're like four sticks. I don't know. Four little black stripes. What in the world could that be? What does this have to do with my life? What could this be? What would it look like? What's the end result? What's the big picture? You see, the thing is, God is looking down from above and he sees the finished product, but we only have one piece. We can't see what it is. We don't see what it's going to be. We can't see how it's developing. We just have to trust that I'm a piece of a bigger picture. Can I tell you something? I don't care how big, how beautiful, how fancy, how simple that that puzzle is. It's not complete without me. What? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that you're so important to God's plan and to God, amen, that that your story, your life, the people around you, listen, the picture can't be completed without you. But I'm just one piece, yeah. But you're an important piece. You may be the final piece. You may be the first piece. You may be some to come in between. Maybe you're an edge. Maybe you're a middle I don't know where you fit, but I know this, you're important. And we can't finish the picture without you. It's impossible sometime to finish any kind, to have any sense of of, of completion, to, to see something in its finality without the big picture. But can I tell you this morning, God sees the big picture. When Jesus finally, he he, he arrives, he gets to the tomb. And and here he is. And Mary and Martha are distraught over their brother's passing. And let's just pick up in verse number 17. John chapter 11, verse number 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus has already been in the grave four days. Why is that important? Does anybody know? Yeah. But in Jewish culture in the history of that time for some reason they thought the first three days there was still possibility in their culture they they thought in in the first three days anything could happen they could come back alive whatever but on day four no chance done over god always waits to it's beyond man's capability Beyond their hope, beyond their expectation. He waits until nobody else can say, oh, oh yeah, yeah. They were just holding their breath for three days. Yeah, this has happened, this, that. Because it was their mindset and their culture that three days things could happen. But on the fourth day, you're done. On the fourth day, Jesus shows up. And Mary says this very important line that we started out with today. If you had been here. I mean, if we can just feel a little bit of the anger, baby, disappointment, frustration. I thought you were my friend. I thought you loved our family. I thought you cared about my brother. If you would have been here. You see, Lord, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Have you ever put blame on God for things that were not his fault at all? Did you know that God gets the blame for a lot of things that's not his fault? And the devil gets a lot of blame for stuff that's not his fault. I'm telling you, there's some stuff y'all do, and you're like the devil, and the devil's like, wait a minute, that's even beyond me. (laughs) I didn't even think of that one. You did that all on your own, buddy. We love to blame other people, don't we? If only, if only they had a showed up when I called them. If only they'd have done this. If only she'd have done that. If only they'd have said. If only, if only that doctor would have, if only. And we have all these scenarios. If only you had have been here. Things would have been different when our trials and come to difficulties, and our heart is breaking, and we can't see how we fit, and it, it we just seem broken, and and all these there's people all around, and there's people mourning and crying, and they're at the tomb, and and she slips up to Jesus, and you know she don't want to be rude out in public, she comes up to him and says, "If only you had have been here, we wouldn't be here today." Jesus. He has a way. If only you'd have been here. My brother wouldn't have died. Jesus simply comes back and says. Hey. Do you believe. In the resurrection. Do you believe in life after death. Do you believe that there's something besides this life. Do you you believe. Jesus says. I am. Four days doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter if I was here or not. I'm here now. I'm here on time. I'm not late. I'm here right when I'm supposed to be. You're in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. You didn't end up here by mistake today. You didn't tune in by mistake today. God has a purpose for your life. He loves you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. You've blamed him for a lot of things, but he'll show up right on time. And he is the resurrection and the life. You see, (laughs) relationships are hard, aren't they? They're complicated. Because people disappoint us, we're not perfect. pastor one time ask Is there anyone you know of any one perfect man raised his hand Sir you know someone perfect Yes who my wife my wife's first husband <laughs> You get it later Listen, Jesus is not afraid of your feelings. You don't have to tiptoe around Jesus. Just say what you're feeling. He can handle it. His skin's thick. He can take disappointment, frustration, anger. He didn't get all bent out of shape. He didn't get angry with her and say, I was going to do a miracle, but now I can't do nothing because you're upset and mad. with He understands our human frailty and our feelings. And he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And he knows how we work. And he overcame it all and he gave us an example. Listen, he's not afraid of your feelings. Pour your heart out to him. If you're mad at him, tell him, I'm mad at you. But you know what? Don't stay away from him. Get in his house, sit in a chair, and get in the altar and tell him I'm mad at you. And let him just reach down and love on you anyway. I'm frustrated. I don't understand all this. I don't understand stuff either. But I'm not going to run away from God. I have hope. I'm not going to give up. Mary was angry and Martha was angry. And they were confused and in anguish. And Jesus, he's going to show up. and He's going to come and heal him. And it's going to be a great testimony. (laughs) Listen, maybe God wants your life to be a bigger testimony. You know, it's a bigger testimony to be raised from the dead than it is to be healed of a cold. Huh? I don't know what Lazarus had, but it wasn't good. He needed some antibiotics or something. He might have had COVID. I have no idea. <laughs> Guess what? Jesus can even heal COVID. <laughs> Done it many times. Instead of, instead of his response of comfort. And, and you know, he didn't come in there just like, well, guys, I'm sorry. I tried. I, you know I was going to get here, but I was busy. You know, there's, there's, there's times that you got to be sensitive. I try to be because I'm not Jesus. And I can't, you know, I can raise people from the dead, but as of yet, I haven't. I might. I still might. But I got a call yesterday. Someone asked us please to visit their family member. I was busy, I was working. But I just we needed to go, and my wife said I had to go, and so <laughs> and so I stopped working and I went home and I changed my clothes and uh, you know we didn't look all that good we didn't look very pastorly and uh, I told her don't worry we don't we, we don't know and we don't know anybody there and uh, we get out of the car and we walk up and we see this whole family standing out in front of the building that we know. And uh, we walked up, and they said, hey, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here to visit so-and-so. And And they went, oh, that's our family. I went, really? And uh, they said, yeah, and they told us the situation. And so we go in, and they said, you know, there won't be any response. She's out and asleep, and they've given her morphine or whatever. And so I go in, and sure enough, she's there. And so I just start praying. And the moment I started praying, her eyes popped open, and she reached her hand out to me, and I took her hand and I begin to pray. After I prayed. She was back out. I laid her hand back down on her stomach. And we walked out. We came home. We get home. And Amy gets a message. That she had just passed. I'm so glad I didn't wait. Yeah. And I want the power. I want to be able to walk in. And raise the dead. And we have that power. We can do that. He said, greater things than these to do in my name. And if that's what, God, if that's God's plan and God's purpose, man, we need to speak the word and do it. We can see God do great and mighty things. But sometimes, I've been on the opposite side of that, Pastor Elias, where I put it off a little bit and I said, I'll go later. And I got the call before I got there. It's too late. So, you know, we, we try as pastors, we, we, we try to, to, when people call, we try to, get there and do what we can because we want to do. But it just seems like Jesus delayed on purpose. He knew he was going to die. He knew what was going to happen. Did did y'all know he knows what's going to happen? Did you know that your problem didn't surprise him? It didn't catch him off guard? He already knew it before you knew it and he was already making a way where there seemed to be no way and he said, I'm going to get some glory out of this. And he steps up he didn't let their feelings and their frustrations and their anger and their hurt feelings. You, you, Max Lucado said, you've got to permit yourself tears. <laughs> it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel human. It's okay to feel human emotions. But listen, when you cry, turn those tears to prayer. And prayer will lift you up out of that pool of despondency. And come on up into faith and start saying, Lord, even though I don't understand, I still believe. Know that you're able to do all things. And I know that you are the resurrection and the life. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up in him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. He was moved. He has compassion. He sees our need. And it was his friend. And he saw the, the whether he was crying for his friend or the unbelief of the family. I mean, if y'all really know and believe who I am, why are you acting this way? He loved them. He loved the people. He, he was all human at this moment. And he feels these emotions. Yet he knows who he is and what God's about to do. And here he is. He said, come and see. He said, roll the stone away. Let, let, let me just read this part. Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? So it wasn't just Martha. It wasn't just Mary. It wasn't just the sisters that, that, that said. There was people around going, Man, we saw Him do other. We saw Him do miracles. We saw Him do that. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we can look and go, Well, He did it for them and He did it for them. But I don't, He just won't do it for me because He don't love me as much as He does them. If we're not careful, we get in that. Well, you know, He'll do it for everybody else but me. He's no respecter of person. And here He's standing there at the tomb and Jesus said, Jesus said, roll the stone away. And they said, no, well, no, 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 no. Surely by now, he stinketh." Jesus said, roll the stone away. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see the glory of God if you believe? So they rolled the stone away. Jesus looked up to heaven. Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people here. So they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. I love the King James, loose him. I've preached a message on that. Loose him and let him go. Listen, the devil has people all tied up. Amen. And things, but I'm telling you, the power of God can loose you, set you free, turn hopelessness into hope. I'm telling you, that same people, the same people that were a moment ago saying, Well, I don't know why he did it for them, but he didn't do it for him. And Martha was all sad if you'd have been here. And Jesus like, Here I am now. I am the resurrection and the life. And now then, here he is, standing in front of them, alive, in grave clothes. And Jesus had to tell them. Hey guys. Why don't you go unwrap him? They got so excited that he was alive. They probably were in shock. Jesus is like. Hey. Well, why don't you go. Why don't you go take that napkin off his face. So he can breathe. Why don't you go loose his hand. So he can praise God. I love this video I saw yesterday. Maybe some of y'all saw it. This, this lady. Ooh. Listen this lady uh, had a car accident her car flipped upside down and the paramedics and the people around and they got her out and she came up and, and the man was trying to help her and she came up going Oh, thank you jesus and she was i mean she was going on the sidewalk i mean all the people were they, they were they had no clue. I mean, she thought she was Sunday morning in a Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, she was, whoo! She had her hands up and she was going down the sidewalk. The, the paramedic was right behind her trying to figure out. He thought, this lady's in shock. She did. And I mean, she was having church. Listen, you don't know where God just brought me from. God just saved my life. Give me an opportunity. I'm about to praise him. Lazarus was saying, why don't somebody come and loose me? I'm ready to get my praise on. Come on, he's, Jesus, Jesus is touched with our feelings, with our fears and our hurts and our pains. But I'm telling you, he responds so much better to our faith. Come on, let's believe him even when it seems impossible. Some you, you need to hear this morning. Jesus weeps. Sometimes he cries. He, he hurts. His heart breaks. David said he's close. Listen here, Psalm 34, 18. Gee, God is close to the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Maybe you're in a place right now of hopelessness. You're in a place where it seems like death. You're in a place to where it seems like now there's no hope. It stinks. This situation stinks. But God's close to those of a broken heart. He weeps with you. But listen. He's not going to stay in the mullet grubs with you. He's going to speak life to you. He'll take a moment. He'll share a moment. And then He's going to turn to pray to the Father. Father. (laughs) You you know our feelings. You you, you see their pains. You see their heartache. You see their hurt. But I know who you are. And I know who I am. And I'm praying this out loud. Because they just need to know. That you sent me. But I wouldn't have to pray it out loud. I wouldn't have to walk. I wouldn't have to do anything. But just walk up there and say Lazarus come forth. Why did he say Lazarus come forth? Brother John can you imagine. If he'd have just said come forth. The whole graveyard had got up. That's how much power they did. A bunch of them came back when he did. Yeah. Come on, listen. The power of God can come through on our most hopeless situations. When we live in in their sickness, their disappointments, uh, their their broken relationships. We have all that kind of stuff going on. But Jesus comes and says, come forth. Somebody say, come forth. Listen, Jesus brings dead things back to life again. What's dead in you? Is it your faith? Is it your courage? Is it your strength? Is it your relationship? Is it your finances? Is it your health? What's dead? What do you feel like is hopeless? What do you feel like that you're going through today? That if you had have been here, I wouldn't be where I'm at. If you'd have done your part... I wouldn't be in this situation. And Jesus says, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. Whenever I step into a situation, I bring life to it. Come on, come on, believe me. Let, let, let's, step out of our, let, let's step out of our human emotion just a moment. And let's step into faith. And let's say, Lord, it, it looks bad. It feels bad. It sounds bad. It smells bad. But you know what? I still have faith in you. You're still, I still believe you're the resurrection. You're the life. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly. Come on, miraculously. It was a miracle. And if you read in the story later, when they decided that they needed to kill Jesus, you know what it said? And Lazarus too. They said, we need to kill Jesus and Lazarus. Because Lazarus was a testimony to who he was. God wants you to be a testimony. The devil needs to get up and go, Man, we've got to kill Jesus and that lady and that man because their life is too big of a testimony. We're trying to disprove Him and their life just proves Him. God is trying to get something bigger. Do something greater. For an eternal purpose. He sees the bigger and you are a part of that Lazarus was a part of that Mary and Martha was a part of that but there for a moment they lost sight of it there for a moment it's just me it's just me this is all there is and my peace don't fit and I don't understand and I'm mad and God says that's okay I'm still a big God. I'm still a good God. I still love you. You're still part of a bigger picture. And he steps in and he speaks life to death. And he resurrects things that we thought was impossible. And then everybody gets happy. And then they go, oh, the disciples. They said, Jesus, your friend's sick. And Jesus says, I know. Keep praying. Keep ministering. Jesus, are we going today? No, not today. Jesus, what's going on? You'll know later. Then they are all standing around in the background going, Oh, if we'd have come earlier, that would have been cool. But we wouldn't get to see a dead man raised to life again. This is even cooler than that would have been. You know, isn't it amazing after the fact, when we see the big picture, we're like, Wow, God does know what he's doing. He did have that all worked out. What if we just see that? beforehand. What if we let our faith today go on ahead to the end and go Lord, I don't know what I am or who I am or where I fit, but I know I'm important. I'm part of a bigger picture and I just know that my piece of life, though it may make no sense, is a part of something in your plan, your purpose. And I trust you. Amen. Everybody take your puzzle piece right here. Just hold it up and go. Lord. Where do I fit? What's my purpose? What's your plan for my life? Let me not be hopeless. When I can't see the big picture. You are still in control. Today, I give you my peace,
1: my life,
0: my soul, my heart. Today, I place it in your hands. And you put me where I belong. I have faith in you. I have hope in you. I, have hope. I trust you. I trust you. I am a part, am a part. Of, a of a bigger picture. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Talita, would you just show us that picture here? Oh. I'm going to turn some lights out. I can't wait till we have a high depth bright screen up there. Oh, you can see better back there. Let me let me let me let me give y'all a little glimpse. We gotta look at this. Look here. You know, I told you earlier I just had a little red, little gray, and two four black sticks. But now I realize that what I have is the top of some flowers. And those people's four legs. Now let me ask you a question. We can put that whole puzzle together. But are they going to walk without me? Without me they have no legs. I am. I'm important to their lives. I'm important to the picture. Listen. Just think about it. Can, can, Can you look at your piece and figure out where you fit? Isn't that weird? Maybe you're a flower. Maybe you're a flag. Maybe you're a roof. Maybe you're a sky. Maybe you're part of the church. We're all part of the church, aren't we? I'm going to tell you something. This church is nothing without you. You are important. In your spot, you make us complete. The Lord's house family is not complete without you in your place. You're important. So listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this home. Just keep it. And the next time you're feeling insignificant and feel like, Lord, I just don't understand. I don't see what's going on. You just pull that piece out and go, you know what? I can't see the big picture, but I know I'm a part of it. I know I'm a part of something special. And Lord, I trust you. And I give my my peace to you, my life to you. And you just put me in there where I belong. Can I get a big amen? amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. Pastor Marcello's coming. Now listen.